0: Like, is it the college football playoff committee's fault that Michigan decided to run Philly special inside the two as opposed to pounding it? Is that the committee's fault? Did they get the seating wrong? Always College Football with Greg McElroy is presented by AT&T 5G. Too much college football is never too much with AT&T 5G. Today is Thursday, January 12th, and we welcome you in to another edition of Always College Football. Thanks so much for being with us. Please like, rate, and subscribe. It helps us out. If you could send us a review in the podcast page, that would also be really helpful. We have kind of had a few, but we haven't had any in a while, so it'd be really helpful if you guys could potentially help us out with that as well. Only if you have nice things to say, of course, we wouldn't want you leaving a review if it's terrible. But we would also. We're going to start posing some questions here in Always College Football and... We would love it if you could respond by way of social media at alwayscfb if you want to put them in the ESPN YouTube comments as well. We are happy to get to them however you may get it to us. So we're happy to do it. Looking forward to interacting with you further because as the, the season kind of gets put down to bed, we're going to move into the off-season topics and a lot of our off-season topics will be some form of interaction between the show and our wonderful listening audience. So we really appreciate you guys interacting with us, and we appreciate all the support. Seeing all the wonderful people in Los Angeles, seeing people as I go to you know all the different places I do around Birmingham, people say, hey man, we love the podcast, Always College Football, really enjoy it. Well, we really appreciate you guys. It means a lot. We've grown like crazy, and we wouldn't be where we're at if it weren't. For you, we have a huge game plan in store for day. A lot to look forward to. A lot of people have been complaining about the format of the college football championship. Now, we're going to get into that a little bit because I'm tired of people just flat out whining. Like, I get it, I understand the championship game got sideways. It's not the first, and it won't be the last one to go that way as well. We're going to go through a couple games in other leagues that got sideways because everyone seems to think we have this broken model, but ultimately, is it really that broken? I'll give you reasons to believe it's not. And look, we're going to look into the 12-team playoff era just a little bit too. We're going to look at, hey, there's going to be a lot of games in which a really good team beats a really bad team or a really good team on a bad day. I mean, it just happens. So we're going to get to it. Regardless of how all these other people are writing about it and covering it, I for one don't think the sport is that broken, but I do think we need to bring at least a little levity to the conversation if possible. So without much further ado, we're going to get into that and we're also going to talk to you a little bit about a couple of key returnees. There's a bunch of guys in the last couple of days that have decided to return to their school. Some have been covered, others have been looked over, some have been nitpicked, and people are still wondering why. I'll explain why these moves are likely to become the status quo for many when compared to years past here in just a little bit. But let's talk about it. It is presented by AT&T 5G. All right, we're not going to put lipstick on a pig. 65-7. to is a difficult thing to spin. And I'm not going to intend to. I'm not going to talk down to our audience and tell you that that was a great game. No, I'm not naive enough to think I can convince you of that. I'm not even going to try. What's the point? But I will also say that there is a large faction of college football media members, a bunch. I mean, I don't want to say hundreds, but maybe hundreds. That have come out of the woodworks and saying, my goodness, look at how embarrassingly bad the championship game was. The sport is broken. Every college football season, Goodyear knows the importance of winning on the road. The road will always demand confidence. The confidence to handle whatever the journey brings and to perform under tough conditions. And just like the players and the fans of college football, Goodyear is ready. Are you ready for the road? Visit Goodyear.com to find the right Goodyear tires for whatever road you're on this season. Goodyear, more driven. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. H- how, is, how is it broken? TCU didn't belong. They don't deserve to be here. Why the heck were the Horn Frogs in the championship game? What an embarrassment. Shame on you, college football playoff committee. What do you want them to do? TCU won their semifinal game. and route to the championship. And I might add. People are going to get all bent out of shape and say, well, the championship should be the bid between the two best teams. Okay, well, who are the two best teams? Oh, well, you know, Ohio State and and Georgia, they were the two best. Well, they they played the semifinal. Guess what? The two best teams in the NFL are the Bills and the Chiefs. For those of you that are Philadelphia Eagle fans, sorry. The two best teams are probably going to play in the semifinal game. Also known as the AFC Championship. You know, you realize that when 1980 U.S. hockey went to play the Russians, that was in the semifinals. Not, not the gold medal game, that was in the semifinals. Like, if you have a great moment or a great outcome or a great game, an all time thriller in the semifinal game and the championship game goes sideways. Are we still going to consider that sport to be broken? Like, does anyone criticize the NFL for games getting a little sideways? Because I'd like to add, there are, have been a few Super Bowls that got a little off the rails. How about Super Bowl twenty, when the Chicago Bears beat the New England Patriots forty six to ten? You realize how many points thirty six points is in the NFL? That's like a hundred in college. What about Super Bowl twenty eight? San Francisco, 55, the Denver Broncos, 10. When I said 36 in the NFL was equivalent to like 100 in college, well, 45 in the NFL is equivalent to 200 in college, just about. What about Super Bowl 27 when you had Dallas and Buffalo? Dallas won that game 52-17. to San Fran beat up on the San Diego Chargers. Like, there have been Super Bowls that have gotten off the rails. Yeah, most of the time they're competitive. And most of the time NFL games are competitive. But is anyone saying, hey, man, we really, really need to restructure? We have to. We got to restructure the way we crown a champion in the NFL. No, we're not doing that. People just acknowledge that, hey, guess what? Sometimes one team has their A game, the other team has their B game, and things get sideways. It happens. It's football. It's a difficult sport to play really, really well every week. That's why you have upsets. That's why teams like the Houston Texans win games in the NFL. It's hard to win. But it's also... It's kind of easy to win on any given Sunday and or on any given Saturday. So when you look at things, man, I, I think that this whole groundswell about how the college football playoff has broken... How we clearly look at all the look at all the issues that we have in the past. People just kind of like to be negative. I think the college football playoff and really our our postseason format, it's an easy punching bag. I'm, I understand that. Like I, I beat up on it too sometimes. I get it. Like there are like there are games in the postseason that are unwatchable. See Iowa, Kentucky, maybe the worst game I've ever witnessed with my own two eyes. If you're a neutral fan, if you're an Iowa fan, maybe you liked it, but not a, not a real watchable game, not a real consumable game. Okay. Just using that was an example though. Like I think people like to be negative about college football. I don't, I don't know why. I feel like a lot of people just love to take shots because forever it was like, well, the semifinal games aren't competitive. Oh, well, the semifinal games, you know, these games get get sideways all the time. These games stink. We have a great championship game. Yeah, but the semifinals, man, something's wrong with those. We need to fix those because they are awful. Well, we had two great semifinal games, two phenomenally good semifinal games, all-time great games. Games that people will remember forever this past year with TCU against Michigan, and then of course Georgia against Ohio State. People were talking about those games and those outcomes forever. They were incredible games. 60-minute games that kept you on the edge of your seat from the very beginning of the ball game. And yet all anyone wants to focus on is just, Oh, see, this is a broken system. See like championship got sideways. TCU didn't belong broken. Why? Like, No, we just had, how about we just focus on the positive or at least try at some point to focus on the positive. Like, is it the college football playoff committee's fault that Michigan decided to run Philly special inside the two, as opposed to pounding it? Is that the committee's fault? Did they get the seating wrong? Because Michigan had a god awful play call? I don't think so. Like, is it the committee's fault that Bama and Tennessee lost two games in the regular season? So, therefore, they couldn't really justify putting them in front of them? Like, is the solution for those of you that are SEC fans, for instance, some have said, well, you know, the SEC is just so far superior to everybody else that, you know, the SEC is just. They just have better players. They just have better coaches. They just have all this other stuff. Like, you can include Ohio State. You can include, you know, Michigan on a year-to-year basis. You can include a couple other teams, maybe, depending on the year. Include Clemson. Include SC, maybe, in a, in a given season. But what, what is the solution, SEC fans? Like, do you just want, like, an SEC-only playoff? And the SEC champion, in your eyes, is just the national champion? What about you that are fans of the Big Ten? Do you want to separate and just hold your own championship? Big 12, ACC, Pac-12, what have you. You guys want to combine all your teams together and crown a worthy champion? Like, what's the solution? What do you guys want to fix? Because I've already heard people saying, well, hey, if it's bad in the four-team playoff, imagine how bad it's going to be in the 12-team playoff. Well, okay. We don't have blowouts in March Madness. Like everyone talks about March Madness. Oh my gosh, it's so great. All the Cinderella's, the buzzer beaters, the photo finishes. You know, they're not games that are decided by 30, 40 points in March Madness. There aren't games that are completely off the rails bad. Of course there are. But guess what? There's 65 of them. So you don't really care as much. There's so many. It's like, oh, well, the Baylor game's bad. Fine. I'll just flip it over to Virginia. That game's close. Oh, Virginia game's bad, fine. Let's just flip it over to Stephen F. Austin. Oh, they're they're not very good. All right, perfect. Let's flip it to whatever game's on True TV with Marv Albert. Like, you have more options. You have a ton of games. In college football, we only have three playoff games, so it's kind of easy to be critical if one of the three doesn't deliver. But I just don't understand. Like, if you're going to complain, I'm fine with complaints. I'm good with that. I can live with that. I understand that we have an imperfect system. Why? Because we have 131 teams and not everybody gets to play everybody and not every schedule is equal. And not everybody is in the same talent rich part of the country. Not everybody can recruit or has the budget or has the notoriety to be able to create intriguing matchups. Not everybody has a coach that's paid 10 plus million dollars a year. Like we live in a very unequal world. There's the haves and the have-nots. There's the rich and the poor. There's the teams that just struggle to hang on. And there's the teams that if they lose a game, they honestly want to burn the entire city to the ground with pitchforks and, and flames. Like I get it. It's impossible to establish some type of tournament where you really can see in exactly where everybody falls. But if there's all this brand superiority in one specific part of the country, you tell me how it should be handled. Because I'd love to hear from you at always CFB. Because I happen to think our 14 playoff model is pretty good. I am welcoming, even though with subtle resistance, I'm welcoming in the 12-team playoff. I'm excited about that. I acknowledge, though, in the 12-team playoff, there are going to be games that get sideways. It happens. Like Bama, Kansas State, Big 12 champion against a team that didn't even make it to their own conference championship game. Bama on that day was considerably better than Kansas State. And guess what? If they played each other 100 times, Bama would probably win 85 of them. That still leaves 15 times. Bama might win big 50 of them. But that still leaves another 50. We can't draw these massive conclusions about the so-called health of our sport based on one outcome. Because if we're basing it on one outcome, why don't we hold other sports accountable in similar ways? No one freaks out when the World Series is a sweep or someone wins it in five. No one freaks out when LeBron puts together a super team and you know from the very beginning who's going to win the championship. Okay, in a rare occurrence, maybe you have an upset or two in the finals. But for the most part, you know who the two teams are going to be standing at the end in the NBA. You know who the teams are going to be standing in the end in the NFL. You say, no, the NFL is the, that's the best parody, most parody. Fine. Perfect. You tell me who you like. You like Buffalo or you like Kansas City? Because I don't think there's as much parody as you like there. you think there is. Oh, well, the NCAA tournament, they got it perfect. What well, Great. Then why did Villanova destroy Michigan back in 2018? Why did North Carolina destroy Michigan State back in 2009? Why did Florida dominate UCLA back in 2006? Why did UNLV beat Duke by 30 back in 1990? Because even though you could have the best tournament in the world, you might have a massive championship platform that falls flat. It doesn't mean the sport's broken. doesn't mean the postseason stinks. doesn't mean that the team that loses bad didn't deserve to be there. They earned their way there. They got in. They handled their business. They just didn't handle it in the championship setting. And that left us all with a bit of a bad taste in our mouth. So I'll put a bow in it by saying this. For all of you that are saying the TC was unworthy or that the college football playoff system is broken or this is blood on the hands of the college football playoff committee or this is not, this is exactly why we don't need to go to 12 or this is exactly why we do need to go to 12 because I've heard both sides of the argument based on the result that we got in the championship game. Some people think this is why we need a 12-team playoff because other teams will play their way in, a la Bama, a la Tennessee, a la... Whoever. And then there's other teams that are like, oh well, if we just have if we have a twelve team playoff, it's gonna be Bama against Ohio State against, you know, Georgia every year. It's like I think we just kind of live in a world where nobody's happy. And I don't necessarily dislike that, but it does kind of get old when you take into account the yelling at clouds that's been done at least in the last 24, 48 to 72 hours. McRoy, don't you think a 12-team playoff, and let's use TCU for example, right? If they played Michigan 100 times, how many times is TCU beating Michigan? Like we just used in the Kansas State example, TCU probably beats Michigan out of 100. They probably beat them 35 times. All right, so then they – but fine. we found one of those 35 – in the 12-team format, they're going to have to go the next week and prove it again against a really quality opponent. So I guess my sitting here and listening to everybody complain about this, whoever gets to the the championship game isn't just going to have to do it after two games. They're going to prove themselves, especially if it's one of those teams, 6 through 12. So isn't that going to make the sport better because at that point, everybody's going to at least say, oh, it wasn't just a one-week fluke, like they proved it to get there? Yeah, I think that that's 100% true. Uh, But you're also operating under the assumption a team like TCU would, in fact, get there. I think what's more likely, depending on how the seeding all works itself out, I think it's more likely that you find Georgia, Bama, Ohio State that occupy three of the final four every single year. And that is also something that's problematic for college football. Now, maybe SC arises. I mean, we've seen ebbs and flows, right, in college football. It's not like this is uncharted territory. But I do think that one thing that people got sick of in the playoff era is, oh, it's always the same teams. Oh, it's always Clemson, Bama, some variation of Clemson, Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, I mean, it's some variation of those four in Oklahoma, right? Notre Dame. It's like four of those six teams every year. So people are kind of found, it's like, well, this is stale. We've seen these matchups. These are the only teams that can win national championships because if it is, I'm kind of over it. I've seen it. I watched it last year. Bama and Clemson, I think, played four years, maybe five years in a row. 15, 16, 17, and 18. I think they played every single year. That would get old to some. I don't blame you for feeling that way, but I can understand why that would get old. And I do think in a 12-team playoff, upsets will happen. Upsets will definitely happen just like they do in basketball. You look at basketball, though, it's not often that you have a St. Pete playing for a trip to the Final Four. I mean, yeah, you have a great, great story. You see a great upset, maybe two, but likely they're going to fall flat on their face at some point down the road. So that's one thing that I don't think enough people will talk about is that, well, yes, the Cinderella element is exciting. The Cinderella element in college football is very unlikely. TCU's story is insane. And had they had to go through an additional two rounds of playoffs to get to the national championship, that would have made it even more unlikely. So that's the thing that concerns me. If TCU has to go, hey, week one, you play... Let's say you play on the road at Utah. They're the let's say they're the champion of the Pac-12, and they're the six seed, and TCU's the nine seed, or whatever it ends up being. They play there. All right, they get a win at Utah. Oh man, hey, great win! Now you have to go on the road to Michigan. They won the Big Ten. That, that's another tricky spot. Or you go play them in a neutral site, another tricky spot. But hey, maybe you find a way to beat them. All right, now you're into the Final Four. Now you got to play against Georgia. All right, well. <laughs> obviously we found out that the matchup between TCU and Georgia not very favorable so TCU would play against Georgia they probably lose obviously using this year as an example Georgia finds a way to the championship but, but Georgia in route to the championship they got to beat the likes of you know Tulane and they have to beat the likes of USC in order to play against the likes of TCU in the semifinal which they'll probably do handle their business so i I think the concerning thing, we all know what the benefits of a 12-team playoff are. But the concerning thing about a 12-team playoff is the teams that can win those games on back-to-back-to-back occasions, week after week after week, are the teams that have great talent and the teams that can overcome any type of injury that could potentially arise. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. Obviously, the teams that are well-equipped to do that are the teams that have been contending for championships on a down in year-in and year-out basis. The same few that always seem to find their way there. Let's Talk About It is brought to you by AT&T 5G. Too much college football is never too much with AT&T 5G. All right, into some news and notes. A couple guys officially announcing that they are returning to school. One in particular, worth a couple minutes of your time because the video is extremely well done. That would be Spencer Rattler. Go check it out. It's on his social media profiles. Here's my answer, though, with all due respect to Spencer Rattler. Where were you going to go? Were you going to re-enter the transfer portal? Were you going to go pro? Were you going to go and enter your name and become a fourth or fifth round pick? Like, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure what the options were, I and mean, we've kind of gotten to an era. This is not disrespectful to Spencer Rattler. There's about a hundred other guys that tweeted, "Hey, I'm coming back. Unfinished business. Great, dude! Like, I didn't even know. I mean, that's that's awesome. Like, glad you're glad you want to continue playing college football, but you're probably not." you know, going to be a lock to make an NFL roster. So what are you, why would you leave early? I guess that's like, we are in the world in which it's all about self-promotion. Like I'll be the first one that I'm not very good at self-promotion. Never really have been. I kind of just rely on trying to be good and trying to be informed and trying to, and trying to work really hard and, and differentiate myself in that way. I've never been good at self-promotion. A lot of people are check those that retweet compliments. There's a lot out there. You'll see them. All right. I don't do it very well, but I'm amazed at how good these football players are at self-promotion. Whether they're entering the transfer portal, leaving their school to go somewhere else, not entering the transfer portal, but just announcing that they're coming back, even though they really had no option whatsoever to do anything other than that. I'm amazed by it. But there are a few on this list, though, that I thought might be going, feeling as though they would be a lock to be either a first round pick, maybe in second or third round pick, or they just want to get started with their NFL career, especially considering the position that they play. But Spencer Rattler coming back, it's big for the Gamecocks, and I'm not picking on him, by the way. He's one of about 30 different guys that are like, I'm back. It's like, good, probably a good decision. <laughs> you know, There's only so many guys that are going to play in the NFL, and there's only so many guys that will be drafted in the first two days. And I don't know at this point if you're one of them. So, the good news is for Rattlers, I think his draft position can improve. He's got a lot of natural ability, and look at how he finished the season. The guy played great in the final couple games of the regular season, did a lot of really good things. Of course, the bowl game as well, some good things there, but of course, t- they, were, they were very shorthanded in the bowl game, so didn't necessarily have all the weapons at his disposal that he would have in the upcoming year. But either way, I think it's a good decision, a really good decision for him to decide to come back and potentially pick up where they left off by trying to create some momentum for the 2023 season. Blake Corum is also returning for Michigan, the running back. We all know how great he's been. Now, I think part of what weighed into this decision, one, where's his health going to be when he has to go to the combine or when he has to go through the draft process? That's probably a factor, too. I also think when you look at Blake Corum, man, I mean, NIL at Michigan... I know that maybe they're not as heavy on NIL as some other places, but Blake Corum's probably going to be a decent back. But think about how many decent backs in the league there are. The one thing about Blake Corum is the shelf life for a running back in the NFL is extremely short. But if he can become an all-time great at Michigan, and remember, going into the Ohio State game, he was on the short list of a potential Heisman Trophy contender. Imagine if Blake Corum wins a Heisman Trophy or contends for a Heisman Trophy next year? Well, where do you think he's going to make more money? The NFL? Or having been a Heisman Trophy winner in Michigan? You want my answer? I think Heisman Trophy winner at Michigan. There's fewer of those than there are NFL players that played at Michigan. Just my thought. You might disagree, but I think the Heisman Trophy would be definitely something that I would strongly consider coming back, knowing that I could potentially win that thing. Cam Rising... At Utah, also deciding to come back in a similar vein to Blake Corum. Injured there at the end of the season, injured in the bowl game. Not sure about his recovery. Not sure at this point about how long he'll be out. But either way, good decision to come back and probably a product of the NIL world as well. Like This guy can go right now, bit of a tweener, great football player. But as far as NFL prospects are concerned, kind of TBD as to whether or not he would be good enough to make a roster. I think he probably would probably be a pretty solid backup, but there are no guarantees. He's a great runner. He's a great athlete. And I do think he can improve, especially in the NIL era. If he comes back and he gets a quarter million bucks, that's better than being on a practice squad in the NFL. As a practice squad player in the NFL. You're making about six grand a week. It's pretty good, but quarter million in college. That's really, really good. So, Another great move there. And then finally, maybe one of the biggest surprises of them all, Florida State continues to blow everyone away with the guys that they're bringing in and the guys that have decided to stay. Fabian Lovett has decided to stay. That's obviously really, really important. One of those interior defensive linemen. Excellent, excellent player. Excellent player there in the middle of that defensive line. And that, of course, is probably going to be a strength for the Florida State Seminoles next year, I think it goes without saying that they are the real deal up front. Another guy that has decided to stay there, Keem Dent, but more importantly, Jared Verse. Jared Verse had legit potential. Now, he was first-year transfer from Albany, goes to Florida State, has a great year, was a little bit banged up at times, got hurt in that. I believe it was the Louisville game, got a little banged up, maybe not at 100% at times during the season, But man, he shows great burst of potential off the edge. He really is one of those guys. Like I've always thought, if you can improve your draft stock, come back. If you can potentially be a top five, top six, top 10 pick, come back. Because right now, he's a fringe first rounder probably. But with a great year next year, he can jump all the way into the top 10. And that could be the difference of 20 million or so. So a great move by him as well. So very happy to see those guys returning to school and look forward to covering them here in 2023. All right, final thoughts here. Let's just try not to be so negative in 2023. Like, Let's not overreact to one result. I know that it's easy to do that. It's easier to prisoner of the moment mentality. I don't think there's anything wrong with having a strong opinion, but let's not suggest we need to burn the entire sport to the ground because the national championship got sideways. I don't think the NFL was losing a lot of sleep over the bad performances of the losing team in the Super Bowl. Like It's unfortunate. Nobody wants to see it, but sometimes it just is what it is. And in some cases, it's completely unavoidable because the team on the other side is in many ways superhuman. So don't panic. Hopefully the 12-team playoff will even itself out. Hopefully we won't have as many blowouts in the national championship, but I guarantee you in the 12 team format we're going to have blowouts in that as well not just in the early rounds either it'll be in the national championship we've seen great 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 teams get blown out it happens it's not ideal but it definitely happens thanks so much for being with us it's been a great show today been a great week we're going to be with you again next week and tomorrow don't worry we're not going anywhere even though it's the off season we still have a lot that we need to unpack from the 2023 season. So our 2022 season with the 2023 championship. So we're going to do that tomorrow and then next week we're going to start moving into our off-season world. There's a lot of things that need to be addressed here in the off-season. We have a laundry list of questions from our mailbag that we're finally going to start getting to and we really have a lot of different off-season big-picture topics that we need to address as well. Plus, there's a ton of movement going on in the transfer portal. Need to revisit all that. So we have a ton to keep you updated on between now and August of next year when games get back underway. We got spring ball coming up in a couple weeks. We want to revisit recruiting. So we have lots that we need to get to. Continue to submit your mailbag questions at alwayscollegefootball at gmail.com. Or you can do it on our social media feeds at alwayscfb on Instagram and on Twitter. For all of us at Always College Football, Jack Foster and Mark Kubiak, I'm Greg McElroy. Always College Football with Greg McElroy has been presented by AT&T 5G. Too much college football is never too much with AT&T 5G. Hey guys, it's Greg McElroy. Thanks for watching Always College Football. Make sure you like, rate, and subscribe to ESPN's YouTube channel and wherever you listen to your podcasts.